1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. We've got Benjamin Wolk with us. And, Ben, this is a very, very special day for us when it comes to uh, covering the Georgia Bulldogs because it's almost like Christmas, Ben. We were back. Fall camp is underway in Athens. Uh, let me just start with uh, what it was like for you, man. Got a chance to go out there and watch this team practice for the first time. Uh, just how, uh, how cool was that to get a chance to be out there?
0: Jordan, you know, I couldn't be in a better mood today than I am. And we got to wake up this morning, Kirby Smart did us the favor of having a morning practice. So we got to be out there early. We got our interviews done out of the way by the middle of the day. So here we are before the afternoon's really complete. And we're getting to sit here and talk about everything that we've seen over the last couple of days. So I'm excited. I know everybody listening is excited because this is sort of the, I mean, I've said it probably way too many times and people get annoyed, but football's back and fall camp being back is really the official sign of that. So. I'm, I'm a happy camper
1: no doubt about it i thought it was funny we were talking about podcasting once we got done there and uh you mentioned the morning start i was like man i gotta check the time it's like one o'clock i was like oh yeah we got plenty of time we're, oh, we're, yeah. ready to, we're ready to roll uh so for anyone who has missed this and i would recommend if you have go to dogs 24 com. ben and i uh, worked together on a couple stories from the practice we got to see it's probably 15 20 minutes worth of practice Um, Some really good notes, I thought, in there, especially in the VIP observations. We had something like 1,300 words. I highly encourage you to go check that out. But we had that today. We had talked to Kirby on Wednesday, the day prior to the start of fall camp, had him answer some questions. And then after practice, we had a chance to talk to Arian Smith, Lad McConkie, Javon Bullard, and Jamon Dumas-Johnson. Got a lot of good intel and a lot of good information from all of them as they kick off fall camp. And Ben, I'll start with you because you watched the defense today at practice. I'll pick it up when you get done, sort of explaining what you saw and what stood out um, with the offense, which is where I stayed put today. But um, tell me about what really stands out to you from what you got to see today as Georgia got things underway.
0: Yeah, well, everyone that read the practice reports, the VIP observations, just know Jordan and I are still early in fall camp too. You know What you might get from a future practice report from us is a little bit different than what you got today, right? We're still breaking into things too. But yeah, I broke off to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I probably spent most of the time with Trey Scott in the defensive line just because they were closest to what we had viewing access to. I mean, this sounds so stupid, but you get up and close and personal to that defensive line. And my goodness, is that a big, fast, physical-looking defensive line? I think the thing people will probably be most happy to hear is Michael Williams looked full speed. I know that's not news necessarily, but seeing him up close, he looks really good. He was the first or the anchor person to do basically every single rep uh, that they did, What depending on what drill that it was. Um, you know probably my big takeaway from the defensive line session and this is probably a theme across every position group because it is the first practice of fall camp and there is going to be a microscopic lens looking at the new guys that are really in pads going through fall camp for the first time but Trey Scott was spending a lot of personal time with Jordan Hall and Jamal Jarrett those two got a lot of his early attention they got a lot of his early wrath as well they probably had they were the ones that had to do the most repeat reps out of everybody that was out there, which isn't a surprise. They're the new guys. They're the freshmen. That's what coaches are going to be asking him to do. Um, But that was probably my big takeaway there, aside from the fact that Terry and Ingram Dawkins wasn't seen during the session that we saw. I wouldn't look too much into any availability really across the board day one. I know that Kirby's alluded to some finals and things like that, and there just might be some scheduling conflicts, but, um, so that was really my big takeaway from the defensive line. Otherwise, you know, I went and looked at the defensive backs. I think I've said this on podcasts in the past, but I'm obsessed with defensive backs. I'm always going to gravitate to the corners. I'm going to gravitate to the safeties. The cornerbacks were closer to us. Kamari Lassiter was another guy that we didn't see when we were out in that session. But I don't think that's the worst thing because you know what you're getting from Kamari Lassiter. And it gave other guys a chance to get additional reps. The first guys going out in those cornerback reps really were Dalen Everett. And Nylon Green. Those are the two guys that we've heard most regularly competing for that opposite spot of Kamari Lasseter. But Julian Humphrey's another name that we've heard regularly. I know you're really high on what you might expect from him as well. And he looks really good. Like I know I wasn't at these practices last year, but just from what I've seen, he looks like he's made a body advancement over the over the offseason. He looks really, really good. And he was sort of going in that second group. Him and AJ Harris were the two going in that second group. Um, But I'd say th- you know those are the two groups that I spent the most time with. My big takeaway, F- Fran Brown. This was my first time getting to see him as a coach, and you hear about the Jersey Swagger. You hear about just sort of how he carries himself. And my goodness, he really uh, he doesn't hold back. I've heard a lot of players say he keeps it 100 with you. Like he's going to tell you like it is. He certainly told Dalen Everett a few times while I was over there watching. You know, he he was telling him telling it like it is, and. I think people will like to hear that Dalen Everett definitely was responsive in a good way to some of that coaching as well. But there's probably a million things that I could talk about on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but those are probably my main takeaways just from being over there today.
1: Definitely. And I would, again, encourage anyone who's listening to go check it out. We uh, really uh, fleshed it out a lot of good details from what we got to see over on Dogs 24-7. For me on offense, it was kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, I'm sure it was just by coincidence the offensive line was way away from where we were, you know, couldn't really watch those guys a ton. Um, Ernest Green was running with the first team left tackle. I don't think that's a surprise. And I wrote this today, sort of previewing and, and sort of more predicting what I think is gonna happen with some of these position battles. Uh, that I think we're gonna see Ernest Green and Austin Blasky. You know, we saw a rotation at offensive line last year, and I'm not gonna be surprised. If we see that, and maybe not just at left tackle, because we've heard some good things about the guards uh, behind Xavier Truss and Tate Ratledge um, with the offensive line. A lot of combo blocking today, you know, seeing a lot of those guys work together. Um, I would say the position I got to see really the most up close and personal was tied in. And uh, Todd Hartley was in uh, probably mid-season form. Uh, he already had, sounded like he kind of had the gravelly voice. You could tell he's already gotten some yelling in and – um, it was funny, the very first drill they were working on as we walked out there uh, was a really simple one, just uh, getting the tight ends to follow on the loose ball, you know, recovering fumbles. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm no technician on this uh, this uh, technique and, and how you're supposed to do this, but whatever Oscar Delp did, um, did not meet the standard that Todd Hartley had. He, he sort of ran over there, sort of positioning him like with his leg where he's supposed to be. Um, he was getting after it. Todd Hartley was ready to go. Uh, Kirby was too you know we had some notes in there from Kirby getting on some of the freshmen Uh, you know he was uh, making it known uh, that he was not thrilled with uh, what he saw in day one I know at one point which we included in there uh, he said you know everybody was complaining about the heat and their practice in the morning he said it was 60 degrees now I don't want to correct the man Ben but it was a little bit warmer with that especially with humidity but uh, he was getting after it and that doesn't surprise you at all Uh, looking elsewhere Running back, you know, didn't see Branson Robinson out there. Not a surprise. Uh, Did see Andrew Paul. I thought that was a good sign. You know, he's a guy that this time last year got off to a really good start to fall camp. His first, uh, as a Bulldog, winds up tearing his ACL and is on the mend since then. Thought he looked good. You know, it'll be interesting to watch him over however many viewing periods we wind up getting and just seeing how he does. Um, You know, we, we saw a little bit of Cash Jones and Savon Clark at, Kind of raised my eyebrows on Wednesday when Kirby was saying how fast Cash was and how strong he was. I mean, there was a lot of hype that you wouldn't really anticipate for a walk on, uh, like Cash Jones, but he's he's played before, he's played in some games. And, um, uh, trying to remember if that was the Vanderbilt game, he wound up breaking a long run for a I touchdown. Think it was,
0: yeah, when Carson came in,
1: right? Right? So, I mean, he uh, he's gonna be someone that's just interesting. You know, more so on a depths uh the depth side of things, but I mean he has shown that he's able to make some plays. And I know there's a few people I've seen on uh in the junkyard, you know, point that out and be like, hey man, you know, Cash Jones getting a little hype. Um, you know, we I feel it would be remiss not to talk about quarterback. Um watched him a little bit, not a ton that I could really um glean from it until probably more the end of practice. They started working with the running backs, worked on a little bit of play action. Um, threw back and forth to themselves some. And then toward the end, they started throwing to some receivers. Um, Nothing really stood out to me. You know, there were some uh, poor throws along the way. I didn't think there was anyone who necessarily stood out. Um, There were a few really nice balls I saw from Carson Beck. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think he had one to Arian Smith down the left sideline. That was nice. And to his credit, Brock Vandergrove had a really good throw, I believe to Tyler Williams. um, That was really impressive as well. Um, so you know the only thing from quarterback, I mean, it looked like it was Carson running first team, which is you know, not a surprise. I think uh, that's what we're anticipating. Even though I still think uh, we're going to see competition there, and I don't think. Gonna believe, I know you're new to the Kirby Smart World, but uh, I don't I don't know if he's going to call the the press together and say, "All right, we've got a quarterback, and it's Carson Beck." Uh, we're probably going to be uh, watching the you know pregame when we get to that UT Martin game on September second to figure out who's going to be starting
0: yeah um i was I, I thought you were going to come out and name the starter for us and then you waited until the very end to give us the quarterback uh run through i will say on the something that you brought up around kirby gaslighting the team into thinking that it was 60 degrees i, I know a po- rival fans will say oh that's exactly the type of you know delusion that gets you believing people are thinking that you're going to go five and seven but that's the that's the beauty of kirby smart but i would love to just be at practices, to listen to Kirby Smart on the mic. I mean, he was given hell to C.J. Allen today, which you and I both made the comment. It's like Kirby probably is regretting giving him such praise during bowl season, and now he's just trying to counteract some of that. Let C.J. Allen r- remind him, hey, you're still a freshman around here. No doubt about it. I'm trying to think elsewhere. Receiver, nothing too wild.
1: I mean, I think you saw uh, Marcus Rosamy, Jack Saint, Lad McConkey uh dominic love it a little like those were the top guys and i, I that is what i think it's going to wind up being the question is if you see some of those other guys i'm high on dylan bell going coming into this season i thought he did a lot of good things and i think if they didn't go in the portal he probably would have had to start now i think he's capable of starting but they probably would have had no other choice i um, mean then rara thomas i think he was running with the third team receivers you know you expect him to take a leap forward and it does seem like he has made progress but again, and I asked Lad McConkie about this today, just how deep they are at receiver. they got so many options, and, you know, Brian McClendon was getting after it. Uh, I got got to hear him, um, especially when they were warming up, trying to get everybody going. He was really on those receivers. Uh, it's a good problem to have for Georgia because we could have sat in the press conference we were in after practice and asked, you know, Lad and Arian about a number of guys because I, I think there's a whole lot of talent in this room when you get ready. Um, look into 2023
0: absolutely yeah i was i mean i thought i didn't know when we were going to weave that into the conversation but i that was one of my big takeaways from today's press conferences lad and arian both it wasn't even just the questions that they were asked or the answers that they gave it was almost like their facial expression reactions when they were asked about the depth it was almost like they raised their eyebrows they sort of nodded their head like acknowledging like this is as deep as this room has been i think lad was the one that said they can really go three deep at every wide receiver position and not feel like there's a drop off there at all. So I think that's a huge deal when it comes to, I mean, that's a position group. We've seen a lot of injuries in the past and I know that's something that you want to avoid as much as possible. And um, but having that depth, being able to go nine, 10 deep. uh, I mean, it's, it's a very good problem to have. No doubt. I mean, you could pull
1: any combination of names. If you wrote that down and looked at it, you know, there's guys with more experience and there's guys that you can trust in big moments, but you could pull three of those guys and be like, we can make this work. And I mean, that is such, such a luxury to have, especially when you think, you know, Georgia's coming off two consecutive seasons where you go into a year, you know, even in the off season thinking, this is going to be our number one guy. And then they get hurt and don't wind up playing most of that year. Uh, definitely a good problem to have for georgia on that front
0: yeah and i know we've talked a bunch about you know obviously the 1000 yard receiver threshold that gets made a lot about and we talk on the recruiting side of things a lot like what does georgia have to do to get into that five-star wide receiver hunt and it's it's interesting because i think that if you look at this group there may not be that first team all-american type of wide receiver or even that first you know round one type of wide receiver necessarily it could be there but it's not necessarily we don't see it yet necessarily but i think if you were to ask other college football programs hey just take any three of these guys and line them up as your starters i think a lot of college football programs would say you know uh, we'll take any three of them and we'll line them up and those will be our guys that we're running out there as our first teamers so i think it, it's, it's one of those weird situations like could somebody rise into being that all American or rise into being that first rounder. Absolutely. But I almost feel like Georgia finds a comfort in knowing they can deal with, they can get through some injuries. They have guys that are flexible to go position to position on uh, as wide receivers. And I think that that's going to, you know, pay dividends come the end of the season, especially with a lot of those young guys. I know Tyler Williams, Zed Haynes, Anthony Evans, can freshmen break the rotation? It'll be hard with that depth, but they definitely have the talent to do it. We'll
1: take a quick break, come back and talk a little bit more about the interviews that we've had the last couple days, and then also look forward to what else we want to find out as Georgia gets further and further into fall camp. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, the thing that I want to dive into now are some of the interviews that we've gotten to see uh, the last couple of days. And for me, uh, I kind of you know hit on some of the things that really stood out to me. And then, Ben, you can pick it up from there. Uh, But for me, with Kirby, uh, we talked about this after the fact, kind of a ho-hum, nothing too wild from his uh, press conference, which you really wouldn't expect uh, otherwise. But um, a little bit of a quarterback we want to see from those guys, Uh, talked about some of the injury updates, nothing too wild. I mean, essentially, uh, the guys that we're keeping an eye on going forward are Smile Munden, Branson Robinson, and Tyrion Ingram Dawkins um and you know that was kind of it i mean javon he talked a little bit about javon bullard which was really good to follow up on and uh, have a chance to see um sort of his take on where he fits best in that defensive backfield you know kirby kind of played it close to the vest and said well you know i mean we want to see where he fits and and who the you know the guys we can put around him and then javon was sort of like you know i mean we're we're fitting in at safety i'll play wherever we want to I took it to mean you know he's he's probably going to be your starting safety, but we'll follow that going forward. Um, other things that stood out to me: Jamon Dumas Johnson. Uh, I thought that he really handled that press availability well. That was the first time he's talked to media uh, since he was arrested in January for uh, the reckless driving incident. Uh, owned up to it, took full responsibility. You know, said he didn't feel like there was a problem within the program. Um, you know, that's tough. I mean, if you're a kid that age, that would be very very hard. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine being in his shoes with a bunch of cameras, a bunch of doofuses like me, you know, and you uh, standing there and asking these well, questions. For
0: speak for yourself.
1: Right, right. Yeah, my bad. Uh, uh, and being asked, you know, questions about when you screwed up because, you know, that that happens. But I thought he owned it and thought he did very well. Uh, Javon Bullard, excellent interview. I thought that um, he gave a lot of good insight about sort of his mentality. Uh, the physicality he brings to the game, I'm looking forward to writing. Uh, a story about that and uh, then the receivers you know Arian Smith had a lot of good things to say just about the room uh, talk out Lad McConkie as one of the fastest guys on the team which you could kind of tell Lad was excited about that and of course Lad, the biggest thing to me was he talked about how deep that room is um, and the options they have which we were just talking about but uh, Ben from these last couple of days what has stood out to you from what we've heard um, as Georgia gets fall camp underway and uh, the countdown until September continues
0: yeah, well, I'll start with Kirby yesterday. I put a note about this on the junkyard, but I it really stood out to me. He was asked two questions back to back. One was specifically about Javon Bullard, and that was to what you were talking about. Kirby saying, we know Javon's one of our 11 best, but who are the 10 and 11, and where does that mean that he fits in? I do lean toward you thinking that Javon Bullard will be the starting safety, and I'll talk a little bit more about Javon's press availability today later on, but... He was then asked about cross-training. Kirby Smart was asked about cross-training and how you fit all of that in and almost unpro- – like, you know, you never know what Kirby's messages are and what he's trying to get out there, but he almost took a sideways turn answering the question about, like, they only cross-train once they feel like you've gotten comfortable with the defense. But as he started talking about how the defense is difficult to learn and he described it as there's a lot of volume with the defense – he then, you know, took a little sidestep and said, you know, but some people try and say it's hard to learn our defense than it really is, you know, alluding to some negative recruiting. And then he pointed to Malachi Stark and said, we had a guy last year that came in, played every single game, you know, virtually every. I think he led the defense in snaps last year as a true freshman. So it, no matter what you say, as an opposing coaching staff, it's not as difficult to retain Georgia's defense. As, it, as some people might lead on. And I just found that really interesting for a variety of reasons. Kirby didn't have to say that. It was something that he clearly wanted to just get the idea of it out. But obviously, KJ Bolden's decision coming up on Saturday, the timing was almost too con- coincidental to believe that it wasn't somewhat related. But that really, really stood out to me, not to mention the fact that he said that Cash Jones is probably the fastest running back and pound for pound strongest guy on the team. That's for the, the Cash Jones contingent that I know exists out there um from players today you know the receivers the depth that we've already talked about was really the big takeaway for arian smith just on a personal level like i want this dude to stay healthy so bad not just because he's lightning fast and i want to see what he can do more as a wide receiver and obviously it'll be you know good for georgia's offense to be able to have a weapon like that but this is the guy he talked about it today he really hasn't had fall camp yet like he's been, you know, He's broken his leg. He's gotten beat up. Like he's never really had the opportunity to go through a fall camp. So, you know, I don't know if this is like, you know, against journalism ethics, but my fingers are crossed. I'm rooting for Arian Smith to make it through fall camp so that we can see, you know, everything that he's able to do this season, just on a personal level. I'm, I really want that for him. Um you know, I mentioned Javon Bullard earlier. I'm really impressed by Javon Bullard. We talked about this after the press conference with a couple of other writers as well. He, it's just the way he carries himself. I mean, the way he plays football speaks for itself. The way he carries himself. I mean, he just gives off the allure of a NFL safety. Like that's just when I see Javon Bullard, I'm like, that's an NFL safety. The way he looks, the way he plays, the way he acts, everything about him, he just is a, is an NFL safety. And I really found it funny when he was asked about the. Uh, Ohio State hit there's been a lot of chatter for months and months and I wish that I we could have we're in a situation we could have asked a follow up related to this because he really didn't want to talk about it he almost wanted to say you know this happened in December we've played a game since then like what are we still talking about but I also sort of want to know from him there's been so much talk this offseason about was it an illegal hit it was you know whatever and in his mind he's got to be thinking that was one of the best smartest football plays of my entire life and this is the conversation that we have to have around it I want to hear I You know, we might be past the point of him really even wanting to talk about that moment. But I do feel like he's spent eight, nine months listening to coaches, players, referees say what the hit was or wasn't. And in his mind, it's like, look, I made an instinctive play on the ball and maybe the biggest moment of the game. And nobody wants to just accept the fact that I made a great play on the ball. Um, So I just feel like that gets lost a a little bit. And then, you know, I know I've been going on a little bit, but Jamon Dumas Johnson, to your point, It was, there were uncomfortable moments during that press conference. I don't know whether or not he was the first player that's really had to stand up there and answer to something that he specifically has been involved in. But as a guy that is probably the leader of that defense, he's a, you know, he is an outward, positive, loud type of guy for him to really have to, you know, swallow up his pride, answer those difficult questions, accept the responsibility and then, um, the chuckle that I got out of it was definitely him talking about the discipline. And then he was asked, what exactly was that discipline? And he just said something I don't want to do ever again. So, you know, he, uh, it seems like he probably, le- he learned his lesson. Um, I know that it's a message that has gone on all throughout the locker room. I think that there is an internal accountability within the players to say, we can't keep making these same mistakes. But I think Jamond Dumas Johnson sent a good message too today that, I think a lot of times there's a blanket put over all of these situations and every single situation is linked together because they're all representatives of the Georgia football team. And Jamon wanted to make clear, like I made a personal decision that was a bad personal choice and you know, anybody else on the team is not responsible for the choice, bad choice that I made. And I think there's a level of personal ownership there that he wanted to make clear to sort of take away from that sort of culture questions that are coming out about the program too.
1: Definitely. And yeah, I believe you're right, Ben, that he is the first person who's been up that was involved directly. They, we've had some of the guys on the team, more leaders talk about, you know, the the culture of the program, but not someone who has necessarily been part of that storyline. And uh, I want to say, too, on Arian, I mean, yeah, I think you can't help but root for a guy like that. Um, you know, he hurt his ankle last fall camp. And, you know, I remember when that happened and a bunch of us just being like, this, this kid's just never gonna be healthy enough you know like uh, there had been you know some buzz and he had made some plays i think he had a big touchdown against missouri as a freshman and you're like okay you know this guy's got some potential and then he just couldn't say healthy and you know kudos to him for fighting back i think he might have missed three games to start last year and then if they don't have him in the peach bowl i don't think they win i mean yeah. that, that's how big that 75 yard touchdown was
0: Change the entire complexion of the game. I did find it interesting on the on Arians in his press conference today. He was asked, I was actually going to ask this too before someone else asked, but who gives you the run, a run for your money on the speed conversation? He mentioned Ladd. I think he mentioned Dominic Lovett. But both he and Ladd made sure to point out a couple of the younger guys, CJ Smith and Anthony Evans. Ladd said that those track guys just have a different, a different gear to them as well. But I, for one, would love to see all those guys line up for a 100 just to see what it looks like. Yeah, that, that's
1: not really fair when you're having to go against those track guys. They're trained to do that. I mean, what what are they supposed to do?
0: Yeah, and the hundred's just different. Like, the 100 compared to the 40, like, there's something about that extra, you know, 50, 60 yards that just changes everything. And I think you saw Ladd allude to that a little bit. It's like, I, you know, the first 30 or 40, we might be fine. We get beyond that. That's when I'm in trouble.
1: So, Ben, really, we're just getting started with fall camp. We're not sure yet when we'll have interviews again, when we'll watch viewing periods and get to see the team in action. But what are you the most intrigued by? What do you either want to see more of or things that you want to ask about, um whether it's Kirby or the players, um what you fi- want to find out over the next week or so with this team?
0: Yeah, who's uh, who's starting at quarterback week 1 against UT Martin? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, just uh,
1: just ask Kirby, he'll tell you.
0: Yeah, he'll he'll give a direct answer on that one. Um, you know, I again, this is another thing that I don't know what we're going to like the, the answers that we're going to get out of it. But I am very fascinated by the running back position this year, just because And I know Kirby had some conversations around it yesterday as well, where he said, I think something to the effect of, we might not have that one superstar in this group, but it's an, it's, it's a really good room. Like everybody in the room can contribute. They all have the different pieces that they bring to it. And so I, I think that I'm curious to see just how that room manages itself and i don't know that we'll get answers on that in the next week necessarily but i'm interested to see you know we know what to sort of expect from kendall milton and DeJon edwards but and andrew paul what are you what are you going to get out of him branson robinson what's his availability going to be and then roger robinson i think is the big wild card where we saw in the spring game i mean physically roger robinson can do things that other people just cannot do because they don't have the size to be able to do it and whether that finds its way into the rotation or all again does that sort itself out in the next week? No, it doesn't. But I would love to say that we might get a running back or something to talk to him a little bit in the next week. I could see us getting Kindle. That seems like the yeah. most likely
1: option for us. Mine is just one word, and it's rotations. I want to see how much specifically offensive line, if we see some of those other guys get in the mix like Austin Blasky or some of those interior guys. Probably next up for me is defensive line, because that was something that Kirby was asked about as well. And he talked about, you know, that he liked what they have in in that room, but the question is depth. You know, is is how deep, are we deep enough? Um, Just to see how they sort of work those guys and how even some of those younger guys, like you talked about, you know, that Trey Scott was working with uh, on Thursday, if, you know, how those guys are holding up and if they're able to get the job done as well. And then going back to what we talked about earlier, receivers, they just have so many options. Will we see different combinations? Are you going to continue to see those veterans uh, with uh, Lad McConkie and Marcus Roseme Jack Saint, and then the Missouri transfer Dominic Love and kind of uh, leading the line uh, and then getting guys mixed in behind them? But um, it's no secret, Ben, that this team is full of talent. You, know, you have the ability to move in and mix and match and get different guys involved. I'm just curious to see – how they go about that? If we are going to see a bunch of different guys uh, pop in for a few reps and work along uh, with some established starters, or if you really see, you know, that top line of who we know, you know, who we feel very confident will wind up starting, and then just seeing them kind of building that depth behind them.
0: Yeah, no, I think rotations, and honestly, that. Concept can apply to a bunch of different positions too. I mean, I one position group I didn't talk a whole lot about when we were talking about defense earlier was the outside linebackers. And I think, you know, there's some rotations that can go on there as well. I mean, I saw the freshmen for the first time today and all three of them certainly looked the part. I can see why Georgia decided to take three outside linebackers. But Marvin Jones Jr., Darius Smith, Chaz Chambliss, I mean, they've all been around and they look good too. So you're right. I mean, when you recruit at the level that Georgia recruits at, you're going to end up having more guys that are capable of cracking the lineup and playing in the rotation than you actually have snaps for. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes out.
1: Well, Ben, I think that'll about do it, but any, any parting thoughts, any nuggets of wisdom before we wrap up this podcast?
0: No, I mean, I, uh, like I've said, I I wish I could sit there and just transcribe Kirby smart on the microphone all day long. Like I know he'll never let us do that, but my goodness, what what a book that would be. Just quotes from Kirby Smart at practice on the microphone.
1: Yes, that would uh, in, that would be quite an enjoyable read. There's no doubt about that. Well, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Be sure to go to dogs247.com. We got a ton of content from today. and going to have more. Um, those player interviews that we talked about today, I will have their, those up on the dogs, 24 seven YouTube in a little bit, go, go for it, Ben.
0: Yeah, no, I just want to give one call out too, because I know we were talking a lot of fall camp, but obviously big recruiting weekend too with five-star safety KJ Bolden making his decision on Saturday night. And then probably Georgia's top running back on the board in, in the 2024 class, Nate Frazier from modern day in California, he's deciding on Sunday. So those are two big recruiting nuggets. Probably not the only recruiting news that we'll get. I know there's a lot of other guys that are close to making decisions, but those are the two that you'll be looking at going into the yeah,
1: And what uh, perfect timing for those guys, because we got a 75% off deal. If you're watching this or listening to this on Thursday, you better get on it because the sale is going to end. No better time with fall camp starting all these commitments coming down the pipe. Um, go ahead and sign up. Make sure you get on there and have a chance uh, to see what's going on and keep up to date with everything. Got to shout out a couple of the comments. Our guy Christian Clemente from Auburn Undercover saying, we need more Ben Walk. I mean, yeah. Can never have enough ben walk and then caleb dawson also saying get walked go dogs
0: y'all are y'all are too kind too kind
1: we're gonna wrap it up there i appreciate ben for popping on appreciate everyone who watched this live everyone who is listening to this after the fact go subscribe to dogs 24 7 if you have not already like i said that 75 percent off sale is going to be ending soon and uh, that's probably going to be the best deal you can get um and what great timing for it and uh, also Go to the Dogs twenty four seven YouTube page. Subscribe. We are going to have player videos, Kirby Smart press conference interviews on there, uh, as well as this podcast, which makes it definitely worth keeping in touch and uh, following everything that comes out on there. So, for Benjamin Walk, I am Jordan Hill, and until next time, take care, everybody.